Welcome to the MMA Killshot Podcast, UFC 296, Colby Covington, Leon Edwards. I didn't flip the fucking A-side. Who wants to watch Leon Edwards fight? Covington's the A-side for the Walter Waite title. We also got a flyweight title matchup, which do not sleep on. Alexandre Pantoja versus Brandon Royval. Two, we got a rematch there. I'm Sniper, super excited for this card. We're going to talk betting, DraftKings. Probably should switch that. Going to talk DraftKings, betting, all that good stuff. With me, as always, my man Monk. Monk, I know we're both excited for this card. How you doing this Thursday evening? Let's call it evening. We'll call it evening. I'll give it to you. Um, yeah, I'm doing great, man. I'm really looking forward to this card. A ton of fights. The one fight that fell off so far, it's like, well, maybe we'll get Kevin Holland instead. Could, you know, be an upgrade for the fight, in my opinion, you know. So I'm still really looking forward to it. Uh, great way to end out the year. Just in case you're living under a rock, as of Thursday when we're recording this, Gary versus Luke has been canceled. It does not look like Luke. Well, Gary versus Luke is canceled. Gary had the flu, and I can't wait to go to Sean Strickland's page and see what he actually thinks. It's going to be fantastic. Luke and Holland want to fight each other. A fake Marcel page. Marcel Dorf, if you don't know, mm -hmm. you should know. Um, page got created. Tons of views. Everyone thinks the fight is on. They want to happen. We don't have it as of now, and I'm leaning towards it's not going to happen I think what did I read? I read just a little while ago. They moved a fight to the they moved the Josh Emmett fight um to the main card, though they will not be at the press conference, Emmett and Mitchell. So that's where we are as of right now. Hopefully Luke mm -hmm. Holland gets added or the fight night main event at some point. Do you want to know what Sean Strickland said? Oh, as please. of an hour ago, it's the first thing since the fight was canceled. Y'all a bunch of can I I don't know if I should swear this early into the podcast, C words. Mm -hmm. You bullied Chris Curtis so much he deleted his account. Then you bullied the cuck Gary out of a UFC fight. Hope you all feel good about yourselves. Guarantee Ian's wag sliding into Patty's DMs if he wins. Oh, that's fantastic. That's <laughs> so fantastic. Sean Strickland coming in. Can't believe I live in a world where I like Sean Strickland because he's a psychopath. <laughs> I guess, you know, once you can accept a guy for what he is and just kind of enjoy it, not take him too, too, too seriously and just know, like a WWE character. Exactly. Once you can accept that's what he is, like Colby Covington, if you really think Colby is 100% like his shtick, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. There's probably little pieces in there, but he's turned it up to a bajillion. And if you can't see that, I don't know what to tell you. But if you want to go and play along and love to hate the guy or, you know, whatever, then cool. Then that's the whole point of this. It is entertainment. Mm -hmm. We got off on a weird aside. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's start talking bets and fights. Fight number one. We are going to go to the main event right away. Leon Edwards, I'll give him his due here and say his name first. Fine. He takes on Colby Chaos Covington for the Walter Wade title. Edwards is 8,200 on DraftKings. Covington is 8,000. You have line value now on Leon Edwards. The line is ballooned up on him. He's minus 162 on DraftKings, minus 178 some places. Comeback on Covington is plus 132. I'm so excited about this fight. I'm going to go first this week. I'm still going to pick Colby Covington. First of all, let me start with this. MMA, MMA math does not work. I know Kevin's not on the pod and football's almost over and he'll come back and we'll fight about this some more. It's not a thing. It can hold up sometimes, I guess. But just because Leon beat Kamaru and Kamaru beat Colby does not mean that Leon is going to be Colby. That's not the way MMA works. Styles make fights. 
It just is. And MMA is a super volatile, high-variant sport to begin with anyway. You get a sample size of one or two fights. You need a sample size of 100, and you can't do that because CTE is a thing. Um, so what do I think is going to happen? I think the forward pressure of Colby is going to be a problem. Now, I need to caveat all of this with there is a real possibility that Colby hasn't fought in three years. I do believe in ring rest. If he is off and can't close the distance well with his volume or he's just off night because of the ring rust, Leon will run through him because Leon's a legit, legit champion. Like, I don't think he's not super fun style, but he's super talented. The wins stack up. Where I think he's going to struggle and why I'm picking Colby is that forward pressure. I think, yes, Kamaru beat Colby, but Colby pushed the pace in those fights. Kamaru's a good counter striker, had volume, had enough wrestling to uh, defend Colby and make that interesting. Yes, Leon has improved his wrestling, but I think as Colby's going to have him moving backwards, and I think Colby's going to have some success with that relentless grappling and take over if he still has the cardio we've seen in fight after fight after fight. So that's why I'm picking Colby. DraftKings, go ahead and stack this fight up. Five rounds of fun and action. Colby pushes a pace. DraftKings, go ahead. Uh, tournaments, go ahead and load up. Play both sides. Be damn near all in on this fight. Their price is 8208000 dollars with the volume Colby will face in five rounds of action. Sign me up. Love this fight. I lean towards Colby. I'm probably going to be like 60-40. So it's not like I'm going crazy and paying 90% Covington. That's just the way I lean for this fight. That's who I'm going to go with. I promise all the fight breakdowns won't be that long. We'll be, we try to be a little more concise, concise on this show, but the main and co-main are just phenomenal. So we'll, we will expand a little. Monk, who you got? Yeah, I'm on the Colby side. I hope that number keeps getting bigger and bigger. I saw Colby decision at like plus 200. Uh, I absolutely love that. And he's really the main side I want to play for DraftKings. His uh, upside in DraftKings is not even close, or Edwards' upside is not even close. It's not even the same ballpark to Covington's upside here, especially in five-round fights. I mean, in his last three wins, Covington, 156, 138, and 171. Uh, Leon Edwards won a five-round fight against Kamaru Usman, scored 78, scored 84, scored 90 against wow. Nate Diaz, uh, 99 against Rafael Dos Anjos. That's four times he's finished five-round fights uh, by decision, not finished, but has completed five round fights by decision and has failed to score a hundred points. So I really don't want much of Leon Edwards here. I'll be far under that 40% uh, that you mentioned. And I love, I mean, the upside of Colby 124 per win, like I said, controls 95% of the grappling time Four takedowns uh, landed per 15 minutes. 10 of his 12 wins over 100 points. His strength of schedule is fantastic. His value is fantastic. And he's coming in under his average salary of 81.50. I love it. Uh, I love it here. I don't think I'm going to be playing much of Edwards at all. I personally, I mean, Colby's not even been off for two years, so I don't really think the ring rust is going to be a huge thing. Um, he says he doesn't cut weight. I tend to believe that. And uh, yeah, I love Colby Covington this week against Edwards. Like you said, styles make fights. I'm on the Covington side. <laughs> The plus money side, the underdog side, give me a ton of Colby Covington. Let's move on. Let's talk about the co-main event. Alexandre Pantoja versus Brandon Royval. Pantoja is 8,600 on DK. Royval is 7,600. Line of this fight, Pantoja minus 192. Come back on Royval plus 160. They fought once before. Pantoja won by second round submission. Monk, is it going to happen again? 
Uh, I don't think so. I think it'll be a third round submission this time for Alejandro Pantoja, <laughs> to be honest. I'm very serious here. Um, I was big on Covington, took a stand on that fight. I'm taking a stand here. Um, less of a risk, in my opinion. I'm going with Pantoja. Royville, just, I mean, what is he supposed to do? We already saw this fight, first of all, back in 2021. Uh, he was taken down three times. He was controlled for 42% of the fight, and he got finished less than seven minutes in. So, you know, three takedowns landed on Royville in less than seven minutes. Um, let's see. Bontarin took him down eight times. Uh, let's see. Who else? Moreno took him down twice. I just what is going to happen here it's, it's pantoja all day and it's not like there's a huge age gap it's not like this is the old grizzled vet taking on the young up-and-comer these guys are less than two or i guess not less but two years four months apart to the day actually two years and four months apart uh so they are very similar in age 33 and 31 so yeah i love pantoja here i love him for cash games dude he scored 130 143 points against moreno in his five round fight so another guy who's gone five rounds that is scoring way over 100 points unlike leon rocky edwards so uh yeah give me pantoja should land a ton of takedowns a ton of control time i really hope this goes all five rounds somehow um but it probably won't we'll probably get a round two round three finish and i think that's pantoja by sub again I think making the mistake that the fight's going to play out the same way as the first time is concerning. Um, I get it. Could happen again. But my best, my favorite example is Cowboy Oliveira and Tim Means. The, the, the way those two fights played out drastically differently. Um, my problem is that Alexandre Pintoja is incredibly defensively irresponsible. He can get hit like a lot. I mean, that's Royval's whole game. Royville too. That's why this fight is very, very, and I'm glad you chimed in there because that was that was the second part. And what's interesting is Pantoja usually is such a better grappler than everyone else. Royval was holding his own in the scrambles. I think Royval will be able to get back up. Uh, you know, he got caught in that in the second fight. He went for a spin attack, left his back open, and got his back taken, and you know, made a mistake. I think he was, you know, he was starting to look decent in that fight. I just think this fight should be closer, and I lean towards the Roy Val side. I just, I've seen Pantoja hurt. The grappling isn't as big of an advantage for him. I like the Roy Val style. Again, it's not, I'm more confident in Covington than I am this fight, but I'm going to go with the dog here. I'm going to take Brandon Roy Val. I think your double stack is viable this week. This is another good one to stack. Five rounds of action, I think. Um, if they made me pick a fight to stack, it's probably the main. And I'm going to start building lineups. I don't hate this one either, though, if, you, if we're really hurting for dogs. So I'm going to go with Brandon Royval. I just think the style is interesting. I don't... The fact that Pantoja's hitable and doesn't have as big of a grappling advantage, I'm willing to take the dog shot here. Uh, not an all-in fight for GPPs, but a heavily, heavily exposed for GPPs, like probably 80%, because there's 13 fights. I can't fit in fucking everybody, but... The main and co-main, most of your lineups need to have two fighters left heading to the main and co-main, in my opinion. Let's go to the next fight. Let's talk Shabkat Rachmanov taking on Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Rachmanov is 9,700. Thompson is 6,500. Line on this fight, Rachmanov is minus 650. Come back on Thompson is plus 470. Um... Monk, I know your name in our Discord has been changed to Monk Rachmanov, but um, this price makes me super, 
super, super fucking uncomfortable. Like, I eh, I don't know if I can do it. I'm going to be under here. I'll let you go in a second. I just, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson presents an awkward style where even for a killer like Rachmanov, if he's going to win, I think it's going to take him a round or two to figure it out. I don't think he's going to throw caution in the wind. Everybody always has ex- respected um, Thompson striking. Thompson, I, yeah, he could get taken down and beaten up. He's got a, a decent takedown defense game. I think he'll be able to get back up at least initially. I think in, eventually Rachmanov finds a finish, but at that price tag, I don't know if he's going to find the 125 I think he needs. So Rachmanov is my pick, but I'm likely just not loving this fight for DraftKings and not a parlay piece. The line is a little bit too wide for me. Uh, what do you got, Monk? No, I don't parlay guys like this either. Uh, this is Rachmanov all day, man. Uh, I love how Steven Thompson on Embedded was. I'm gl- so glad Rachmanov signed the contract. It's like, what? You refuse? You were talking about how you would never fight this dude. Like, there is next to no chance, uh, and we can clip this later if it happens, but next to no chance that Thompson is winning this fight. Yeah, I don't think Rachmanov's going to finish him in the first minute, but I don't think a takedown and a back take in the first round is out of the question. And if that happens, there's no way Steven Thompson is getting out of uh Rockmanov's, you know, back guard like that. So yeah, I love Rockmanov here. It's just a matter of time before he finds a sub. I think it's round one or round two, to be completely honest. And um, yeah, I just have a hard time seeing how Thompson gets it done. Sure, Rockmanov is gonna eat a shot or two getting to the inside, but if if Thompson backs up to the cage, that's all it's gonna take. Rockmanov can eat that shot and then he's right in on the cage. If he gets a clinch, it's only a matter of time before he goes down, gets his back taken. And uh, yeah, for GPPs, I'm probably not going to be in the 40%. Like uh, I'm sure what his ownership will be because I never am for 9,700 guys. Fucking but, um, but for cash, to start a lineup with uh, Covington, Pantoja, and Rachmanov, you could you could do worse. So uh, yeah, I like that a lot. I love him for cash. And um, yeah, I think he gets it done inside the distance here, obviously. Round one, round two. Fight number four, a lot to talk about here. Patty Pimblett, he is 9,400, taking on Tony, the ghost of the UFC, Ferguson. It's sad how old, like, Tony Ferguson's knees are made out of whatever they put in people's knees before wood. Like, I don't know, like, the dude just, anyway. <sighs> Ferguson's 6,800, Pimblett is 9,400. Those prices are also a little fucking bananas to me. Um, line. Pimblett minus 310, Ferguson plus 250. Look, I can't not pick Patty Pimblett. Yes, he lost that fight to Jared Gordon. You'd be hard-pressed to find people outside of Pimblett nuthuggers or Pimblett himself who thinks he won that fight because he did not win that fight. He was exposed. But the UFC is doing a really smart job here in giving them, giving him Tony Ferguson to try and re- rebuild his star. Tony Ferguson's loss was, I think, it's six straight fights, and he's been finished the last three fights. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have Patty Pimlet can probably get a takedown and and beat him up there and and on the feet Pimlet will probably land something bigger. Ferguson hasn't looked horrendous the last few fights and he's facing killers, but I can't pick him straight up. I'll have a little bit in tournaments, but again, this feels like this will be a vanilla fight. I've taken some stands. I'll just I'll play field with him, Pimlet under on Ferguson, or maybe I might just go field on both. Don't play it in cash games. Not a parlay piece. This is one of those. Like, it's one of those weird fights to call. I, I am almost rooting for Tony Ferguson because I hate Patty Pimblett and I just want this to be over at this point. Like, I'm sick of the shtick and we'll just move on from there. But it's clearly not a fight I got a super strong take on. It, it's going to be Patty because I can't back Ferguson. What do you got? 
Yeah, I don't like Patty uh, really at all. Um, I don't think he's a great fighter either. I'm, you know, I'm probably going to like what, what you said. Be forced to be around field weight to him on this fight, whereas usually I would be uh, probably well under, as he generally doesn't score well. I mean, his first fight he did, but then 98, 87, and 63 in that quote-unquote win over Jared Gordon. So not too excited to play him, even if it is against an aged Tony Ferguson. Um, that said, I can't in right mind pick Tony Ferguson to win. Um, I know I got crazy last week with the kill shot. Ferguson will not crazy. be my kill shot this week. I got it out of my system. Hey, and Ross lasted. He hit the he hit the over one and a half, so shockingly somehow. Um, but yeah, I'm picking Pimblet to win. I don't want to bet on this fight just because it's not going to feel good to cash against Tony Ferguson. Plus the line, the, the numbers uh, are, are ridiculous uh, on the Pimblet side. So yeah, Pimblet's going to win. Play field weight. I'm going to be forced to. If you want, you could go over, but he's $400 over his salary, almost 500 So I'm not too excited about that. Let's move on to the fight that has been added to the main card since um, Luke and Gary fell off. It is Bryce Mitchell. He's a favorite, eighty nine hundred. Josh Emmett at seventy three hundred. Interesting, by the way, is that these guys are not going to be at the press conference it was announced, which I find interesting because it makes me think one of them is struggling with weight and didn't want to be around for that. So I'll be I'll be looking out for that tomorrow during uh, weigh-ins. Prices though: Mitchell eighty nine hundred, uh, Emmett seventy three hundred. Line on the fight: Mitchell is a minus two twenty five favor. The comeback on Emmett is plus one eighty five. Uh, my thoughts for this fight. Mitchell comes in on I relatively short notice, a few weeks, I think. It's not like a couple days, but uh, Emmett, Emmett, this was not his original fight. I think the fight scores well, and the grappling advantage is where I have to pick um, Mitchell. It is worth noting, I do think that Emmett is a live dog. But typically on pay-per-views, the underdogs in the, in the main card tend to be the most live because they're the best fighters overall, even if they're facing traditionally better fighters. The guys who are the best fighters, quality-wise, make the best dogs, typically. They just seems like simple math to me. And Emmett's up there. Emmett's got dynamite in his right hand. He could hit Mitchell, and we see Mitchell be hittable. We see Mitchell wear damage not so hot. So the, he's live for the KO. Ultimately, though, I think the grappling of Mitchell is going to be the difference here. I think he'll get a takedown. I think he'll be relatively successful and put up a big score. I do like the scoring potential on both sides of this fight. Um, Again, not not a place I would go for a bet right now. Just to recap the main card, so I don't give the betters, you know, kind of sway them too much. The only spot I, the spots I would consider betting would be Covington and Roy Val for right now. Everything else is just a pass. Um, and really, Roy Val is kind of just an odds based play on DraftKings. I don't. Yeah. So that that's all I have so far. We'll, I'll talk about that more as we, we move on. Monk, what do you got for Mitchell versus Emmett? Well, thank goodness he's not going to be at the press conference. Good God, I can't. There's nothing I dislike more than listening to this guy with a microphone. It's just everything he says is just infuriating for the most part. Do you um, think he's trying to do his whole shtick thing like like WWE character, or do you think he's actually a crazy person? I think he's a crazy person because if he was doing a WWE character, why are you choosing like hardcore backwoods religion as your as your prop? You know, that's just weird. Uh, in my opinion, but uh, gotta be unique. Yeah, I mean, I guess, man. I mean, it, I mean somebody told him, somebody gave him, <laughs> somebody gave him the advice: take your personality and turn it up to a million, which is typically what you need need to do. 
Sure. And he's admittedly, you know, an Arkansas redneck. So maybe that's, I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to get a read on it and yeah, not let not, that cloud my fight judgment. Yeah. Not the type of person I would uh, choose to hang out or be friends with. That's for sure. Um, yeah. As far as fighting goes, my, my heart wants Emmett to knock out Mitchell for reasons I just mentioned, but I don't know if that's going to happen, man. He, he is getting up there in age. He did drop his last two fights. Yeah. It was to Ilya, uh, Ilya and Yair um very close fight with calvin cater a lot of people don't think he actually won that dan Ige, very close fight as well and then burgos was relatively close for the most part according to the stats i guess uh you know out the striking was 127 and 128 so very very uh close there so i just don't know if he's got enough for mitchell uh in 2023 here at the end of 2023 i should say i'm gonna pick mitchell I'm probably don't mind playing him in cash, but I also don't mind playing a bit of Emmett and GPPs or cash as well. Cause like you says, like you said, all he has to do is hit him with that shot and uh, my dreams come true and Mitchell goes to sleep. So yeah, give me uh, some of Emmett hoping for the dog shot here. I'm going to be looking uh, at some lines to see if I can find anything good uh, worth throwing on Emmett. Um, but yeah, I really think Mitchell is going to win. I just don't, like the salary or the, uh, how line the how wide the line is excuse me so yeah huge age difference age difference here as well nine years should be mentioned as well is it nine years wow i didn't i didn't actually place that yeah, price mitchell like 29 years old man damn next fight up let's talk dustin jacoby versus alonzo menafield uh kind of a similar breakdown to the last fight i think but i'll let monk give it first um We'll go prices. Jacoby is 9,100 on DraftKings. Menafield is 7,100. Jacoby, the line on this fight. Jacoby's minus 270. Comeback on Menafield is plus 220. Monkey, you were first for this one. So they moved the whole card around since that fight went off? Because this used to be so. like the fourth fight of the night, huh? Um, yeah, same thing. I think this line is probably why Jacoby probably wins. But man, how do you not like uh, taking that dog shot on Alonzo Menafield, especially at such a cheap, cheap price of uh, $7,100? Uh, Jacoby did, you know, has scored over 100 twice in his last three wins. Um, but when he didn't, he only scored 80 against Mikhail Oleksiejczyk. Um, So I don't know really what to make of that. Meanwhile, Menafield, 128 against Krut. 103 against uh Sirkinov, 122 against the fraud Moserov. So yeah, all Menafield has to do is land that shot. And uh, actually he's liking these subs here lately, it seems like. So that could also, you know, if somehow Jacoby's feet get tangled and this ends up on the ground with Menafield on top, it could be an issue for Jacoby. That said, um, it's probably Jacoby here. I'd probably, I guess I don't mind him in cash. Hopefully he would get, you know, that hundred points, which you would need at 9,100 to really cash that in. I don't know if I really like him for GPPs, even though I think he wins this fight. Menafield, definitely the GPP side for me. And uh, don't mind him as a cash punt play either. If you're, if you're in need scores, 4.6 points a minute and 118 per win in his last five. I, I am pretty much in agreement. Um, I came really close to picking Alonzo Menafield, so I'm hemming and hawing. I picked Justin, Justin Jacoby because I think he's the all-around better fighter. He's got that um, the kickboxing experience. Menafield just has the crazy power. He's really good in the clinch, too. I'll put you up against the page. He's big. He's strong. He's physical. And if he can do that, he might have the advantage there, but that won't score as well. I tend to lean. I think Jacoby's the better pick. 
but I think Menafield's the better DraftKings tournament option. I don't have enough faith to play, faith to play either guy in cash games. Menafield's more likely, I think, to break the slate with a big knockout. I just can't lean him for lean to him for a pick. And there's another enough other dogs I like, like Royval and two others I like later, that really it kind of it's going to push guys like Menafield and even Emmett to have the KO chance. Really, like secondary options. I'm going to mix them in, but there's there's really three main dogs I'm targeting. We already talked about, and I'm not counting Covington. That's a pick 'em fight. Yeah, it's Covington, Royval, and two more to to come. And I think Menafield's that next step down. Jacoby, there's only so many guys you could fit in. I'll probably be a little bit underweight to Dustin Jacoby and kind of just be hoping for it because I would like to play him, but I can't sit here and say everyone's a great play. I hate those podcasts where you're like, everyone's yeah. a great play. He's like, <laughs> like, you gotta, I get we mix it up in GPPs and it's like a portfolio. And I want to, and you got to make choices though. And all the cheat sheets and everything are in the DFS Army um, site. Make sure you go check that out. Links down below to join, hit the like button for the video, all that good shit. I will say I'll be a little under on Jacoby, unless his ownership is anemic, which it might be. And those that update comes Friday for members to see what our ownerships are going to be. Average ownership since 2021 for him is 23%. It's kind of what I expect. Maybe a little lower. I expect like 20. And I might be like 10 to 15 and just mm. go on from there. All right. Next fight up. Let's talk Irene Aldana taking on Carol Hosa. Uh, Aldana's 8,800. Hosa is 7,400. Line on this fight. Aldana is minus. Depends on the book you look at. Minus 192 is about the average. Plus 160 for Hosa on the comeback. Um, I'm going to keep this one pretty sweet, pretty short and simple. I think Aldana wins and she's better. She's got enough takedown defense, better striking. I think it scores like dog shit for DraftKings. Even if Hosa wins, it would score a little better because she's a dog and she probably grapples. But I don't think she gets it there. I think Irene Aldana takes this with kind of just a striking decision, a high caliber fight that doesn't score well in DraftKings. Irene Aldana is my pick. And I'm not going to go further than that. Monk? Yeah, I'm going to stay away from this as far as betting goes. DraftKings as well. This was one fight. I had a hard time fading, uh, picking fights to fade. This was one that was first on the list. I'm on the other <laughs> side, though. I don't uh, I don't like uh, Irene Aldana scoring whatsoever. Um her takedown defense is decent, but overall she scores two and a half points a minute, barely over two points a minute at distance, while Rosa is putting three and a half up per minute. Yeah, she's fighting worse competition, but let's not forget Aldana has a win that should be a loss. One of the funniest fight endings I've ever seen when Kiesan, Macy Kiesan, had her beat, and then she upkicked to the liver and got the W. One of the most hilarious endings ever. That was something. She, she should not have that win. She should be on a two-fight losing streak, and this fight... I mean, 8,800 for Irene Aldana. What are we doing here? Yeah, she beat Yana Santos, who was either just pregnant or had was just about to become pregnant. I don't know. Uh, and then Ketlin Vieta. So she's lost to Holly Holm, should have lost to Kiesan and Amanda Nunes. This line is crazy. I'm on the Rosa side, and at 7,400, I'll be over on her this week for sure. Next fight up, let's talk about Cody Garbrandt and Brian Kelleher. Another ghost of situation potentially, although Garbrandt, it's hard to really get a read on him. Let's do let's do the intro first. We got Garbrandt is nine thousand, Kelleher is seventy two hundred on DraftKings. Garbrandt is minus one ninety. The comeback on Kelleher is plus one sixty. And before I give my spiel, Monk, you are first for this fight. Well, I think the read on him is pretty straightforward. He has no chin, and if he gets cracked, he's going down. That's that's it. He got knocked out by a 125-pound guy. 
in Kaikara, France. Like, what are we talking about here? He can only beat Trevin Jones, who's like 14 and 10 professionally. Uh, the ghost, we like speaking about ghosts, how about Rafael or Rafael Asuncao? Uh, the only other ghost that he's beaten. So I, I don't trust Garbrandt at all. A 9K is an insane price tag to pay. Yeah, I understand for GPPs if you want to throw some in because he could find a knockout on Kelleher, then I guess that's fine, even though Kelleher only been KO'd once out of his seven UFC losses. He gets subbed, and Cody has no subs at all. Also, Kelleher, not really known for KOing people. He does have that boom nickname. But as I just told you, Cody's out here getting KO'd by a 125 pound dude so Kelleher if he finds that right shot best believe he can put Cody down as well so I don't know what Cody's ownership is going to be I'm going to be below it no matter what it is and I'll be above on Kelleher because again at that price tag this line is insanely wide uh, I, I just don't get it Garbrandt probably will win but when you're talking about betting and DraftKings we don't bet to 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 you know, have winners. We don't bet just for winners. That's what we can do in pick 'em contests. Like this is Kelleher to me all day. You make solid points, and I sigh because look, the the breakdown is Cody Garbrandt is the better fighter, but it's impossible to trust his chin. Just, but because of his, you know, he'll always be a GPP play, but he's the better striker. And aside from the chin, he's got more power. He's got the defensive wrestling, I think, to keep this fight on the feet. It just goes down to when he gets hit by a power shot from Boom Kelleher. Is it going to be a boom? Is it going to be a power shot, or is he going to go into full idiot mode where he then swings like a moron for the next thirty seconds till he does? That's really what happens to Garbrandt. He doesn't get one hit like put out. He gets hit hard and enters idiot mode, just full on. Okay, let's get fucking crazy. Well, I don't think that's that. too far away from his regular mode, to be completely honest. Yeah, well. <laughs> You went there. Look, <laughs> I have to pick Garbrandt because I think he's got, but just just know a Kelleher win is not going to sink me. And there's dogs I'm picking just straight up to win. It's just, I, I can't make a full on pick just based on the chin right now. I just can't do it. If Boom had any kind of knockout power, I get what you're saying. I understand it. I just can't get myself to make the pick and I'm going to end up on the Garbrandt side. But if he gets knocked out, I'm going to shrug and go, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> but I, 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 I have to pick Cody. I just, does that make sense at least? Do you understand where I'm coming from? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, oh, I love yeah. seeing Cody Garbrandt get knocked out. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> All right, moving on. On that note, let's talk about Casey O'Neill versus Ariane Lipsky. O'Neill's the favorite, 8,700. Lipsky is 7,500. Line on this fight, O'Neill is minus 190 comeback on Lipsky is plus 160. Interesting, and the two fighters kind of going in the opposite direction. A lot of hype on Casey O'Neill before she lost to Jennifer Maya. She still scored 55 points in that loss, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ariane Lipsky is coming off back to back wins, but it's over JJ Aldrich and Melissa Gatto. So those game logs here are deceiving because Jennifer Maya is legit, legit, legit. And it was just another is a step up a little bit too soon for Casey O'Neill. And Casey O'Neill, I believe that was her fight coming back off an injury, correct? Like she had been out for a little while. I think she is. Uh, yes, that's correct. So she's coming she's back now. I think she's got the grappling advantage, less ring rust, has faced better competition. Lipsky, yeah, has won a couple of fights, but I'm not impressed by it yet. Kind of show me here. I think this is a good bounce back spot for Casey O'Neill. UFC building their potential star. I'm a big King Casey O'Neill fan. I've been on her since poor. 
poor choice of words in my dreams, right? Have been have been supporting her and have thought she had potential since she came into the UFC. And I'm going to stay on that train. I'm going to go with Casey O'Neill for the win here. And kind of this is a fight where I'll probably be overweight to O'Neill and it won't take a whole lot and be underweight to Lipsky because there's a lot of fights in this card. Now there's other dogs I like. And keeping in mind, it does kind of fit the women's MMA underdog pattern. That is a little scary that, you know, bet every women's MMA underdog. This one's won, won some fights, so go with the dog. I just, skill-wise, I'm a believer in Casey O'Neill. Monk? Yeah, same. Can't argue with anything you said there. Um, Casey O'Neill is one of the top DraftKings scorers, like, since 2021 overall, regardless of weight class or gender. In fact, in 2021, she was number one overall, scoring more points than anybody. Um finishing fights, more bonus points, everything. Her DraftKings points per win in her career is 125 and a half. Scores five and a half points a minute. All four of her wins over 100 points. Controls 74% of the grappling time. Um, I mean, what is not to like here? I love Casey O'Neill. Like you said, I think this is a bounce back spot. And yeah, I think O'Neill by sub um, round one, round two looks pretty good. So yeah, give me Casey O'Neill here. Uh, for the finish on Lipsky. Lipsky, definitely not a dog that I'm going to be targeting this week. Uh, and hopefully O'Neill uh, gets it done here with a turnaround. All right, let's move on to the next fight. Tajir Ulembekov taking on Cody Durden. Ulembekov is the favorite at 8,300. Durden, 7,900 on DraftKings. The betting lines, Durden as a, sorry, Ulembekov. I don't get this one. Ulenbekov's up to minus 166. Durden at plus 140. Durden is just constantly an underdog, and he just constantly wins. He's on a four-fight winning streak, taking on Tajir Ulenbekov, who has won three of his four in the UFC with a loss to Tim Elliott, so he's clearly not unbeatable. Monk, you are first for this one. Yeah, I understand liking Durden and the prices are such that, you know, he's he's valuable. Uh well, I guess, you know, Ulan Bekov's now valuable if the if the line wait, what'd you say the line was? Yeah, minus we got line value on Ulan Bekov. Ulan Bekov okay, is yeah, that's what I thought. up to minus one seventy. I don't oh, wow. I think this would be a close fight. I'm gonna end up picking Cody Durden. I'll take it on yeah. get in a second. This line has moved against me in a way that makes me sad. Yeah, I'm on the Ulam Bekov side here. I think he's going to finish Durden. In fact, I think he's probably going to submit Durden um, relatively quick in the first early early part of the second. Um, I understand being on Durden, and I'll have a bunch of him in GPPs probably, but now he's way overpriced compared to what his line is. Um, and he's his his four fight win streak is shaky at best. Jake Hadley, who's not you know doesn't have a ton of fights. Charles Johnson, Carlos Mota. Jake Hadley is good. And 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 JP Bays. So I am uh, less than that impressed one, here. That last one's no good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> give me uh, give me Ulam Bekov here. Beat Nascimento um, in a split decision. Um, you know, subbed Manus in two minutes, basically, in a very close fight with Tim Elliott, um, which I was kind of surprised. I was on Elliott that week. He was a big underdog in my opinion. Uh, I think yeah, seventy two hundred Elliott was that week. Um, and now I think we're getting to Ulam Bekov possible finish spot at a much cheaper price at 8,300. So yeah, give me uh Tajir Ulam Bekov. I really like him at this price now. Right, I got to go with Cody Durden. Ulam Bekov. Um, yeah, he's fine, but he can be taken down. It's kind of, it's kind of the Dagestani wrestling against uh, that, that, uh, that American wrestling and the Ford. What I think the difference is Cody Durden is going to 
push the pace and is more aggressive and will move forward. I think it's a pretty close fight. Um, a Tajir win's not going to shock me. It, it's it's not. It's not like a super strong stand. I just every time like Durden has a dog in him. I know he's going to fight for my money. I know he's going to move forward. I know he can wrestle. I know he can scramble. I know his submission game is there. On the feet, I don't think Tajir is anything special. Dern's not great there either. Just I think it's a really well-matched fight. And I lean on the guy that I think everyone's going to pick against, quite honestly. So I, I, I like the number on Durden. I'll consider this bet now. If I'm gonna get, if it's going to keep going this way, I'm going to get plus 200 come fight time. Sure, I'll put a half, I'll put a half unit down on that. That's just yeah, silly. Yeah, that point for sure. So I mean, the line just keeps moving, moving, moving. Uh, the best price you can get right now is plus one forty-five at Bet Online in my bookie. It looks like. So I'll monitor the line. I'm going to take Durden for the reasons I mentioned on DraftKings. It's kind of it's a pretty vanilla fight. I think I've made it pretty clear where my stands are. This isn't a stand. I do have one more, really two more stands coming up in those last three fights. The last two. It's not this next fight. So oh, God. Um, it's just Don't one. Even. We'll get to it. I can't wait. Not, now I'm excited. So that's how I am playing this fight. Now now I want to rush through the next one. We got well, we Andre, can't, I got nothing. <laughs> Andre Touchy Feely taking on Lucas Almeida. Feely is 8,500. Almeida is 7,700. Line on this fight is currently Feely's minus 175. Come back on Almeida's plus 145. Um, Not super exciting to break down. I think that, look, Andre Feely, if he wants to wrestle, I think he's got a really straightforward path to victory here. Like, really straightforward and probably gets it done pretty convincingly. Um. But Almeida has crazy power for this weight class. I, I think the, the the deal breaker is the grappling. I think that's what gets Feely, Feely the win if he uses it. If they're going to end up playing the striking game, it's probably Almeida, but the fight might not score well because if it Al takes Almeida to the second, third round, even at his price tag on a night like this, it's going to take some big old scores. So I'm going to be, if anything, I'll be a little over on Feely, a little under on um, on Almeida, not my favorite spot in cash. Don't dick around here when you have the main and co-main to deal with. But uh, pick for me will be Feely. What do you got, Monk? Yeah, I think I feel the same, but just a little the opposite. I'm not too heavy on this fight. I'm going to favor Almeida just because he's cheaper. Feely has been KO'd uh, twice in the UFC, once uh, by Brito recently, uh, three fights ago. He is one, three, and one no contest in his past five. Um, he's just been less than impressive lately. He does have a chance to look okay against Almeida, but I just don't think he's going to score well. Uh, average DraftKings per win is less than 90, so I'm not too excited about that. He has shown chin issues, has shown power as well, uh, getting a couple knockdowns, but I'm just going to have to lean Almeida. I do not feel strongly about this one, um, but I'll probably just, just like what you said, but the opposite, I'll be just barely over on Almeida, barely over on Feely. I just don't have a strong read here. Let's talk... Martin Budai taking on. Oh, I don't even know. I don't even know this motherfucker's first name. And I'm about to, I'm about to lay the hammer down on him. And Stop I can, it. You don't even I'm know sure. his first. Um, it, oh, it, my God. It, Shamil. It is Shamil. I didn't I didn't want to say Shamil and it'd be like. Sound incredibly racist if I said Shamil and it wasn't fucking Shamil. That was the name on the tip of my tongue. And I was like, what I'm looking at just says S. And I'm like, if I'm wrong, they're going to look bad. <laughs> it's Sergey. It's gonna, yeah. That's that's exactly the other name that popped in my head. I'm like, oh shit, I better make sure. 
Budai is minus 135. Gaziev is plus 114. Monk, you got it first. Yeah, this is Budai all day. Gaziev has six seconds of cardio. Everyone's seen that video of him where he's trying to do an interview and his fight finished like 25 minutes ago and he still can't breathe. It's pretty uh it's pretty ridiculous. His translator's talking as slow as possible to try to let him catch his breath and it's still not working. Um I don't even know if he's caught his breath yet to this day. Nobody really knows. Um Boudet, this is disrespectful, man. Boudet's done nothing but look uh decent and put guys away, not put away, but win fights, I should say. 3 fights in a row or 4 fights in a row. Um and his scoring is only getting kind of better. 91 his first fight, 56 is terrible. 81 against Collier. 120, almost 120, 119 against Josh Parisian when he finishes him in the very first round. What's going to happen here, man? Gaziev, I mean, he's he's going to miss one or two shots or Boudet is going to be able to eat it maybe since he's not just some regional bum like all the guys Gaziev has been fighting. Um, and then what, what happens then if Boudet gets a clinch here? He's just going to take him down and then this fight is over because he's going to get on his back and either ground and pound this guy or like I said, get on his back and, and just rear naked choke him. So I love Boudet here. I think this price is uh, laughable. I think it's borderline disrespectful and I'm going to be way over on Boudet. I don't know what his ownership's going to be his average ownership since 2021 is 34 percent. that's surprisingly high um i'm going to be over that because i think this dude is a fraud god gaziev well we're going to find out i'm on gaziev guys i'm on gaziev first time he have really gone aggressively disagreeing which is fantastic by the way um Why, because he I beat say, greg velasco look i will say in my notes i did say oh hello wild ass fight fight card of fight of the card for GPPs. Gaziev has, for as little cardio as he has, granted, he's got crazy power and he can wrestle. He hits people and they go to sleep. It's just what happens. And he can get on top and he can wrestle. If he does not get it done early, Boudet will get on top of him or and just beat the shit out of him. Agreed. Totally agreed. I think most people are thinking what you're thinking. I think that Gaziev is a little bit underrated in terms of power I for this low-level fight. Thinking what you're thinking. Yeah. I'm interested. What I've only th- seen Gaziev love. That's why I said that earlier really? when I was like, Don't, Sweet. Oh, I'm the only person I know that's on Martin Boudet. I can't wait to see ownerships on Friday. So long story short, this would be an all-in fight if it wasn't for Colby and Le- uh, the Colby Leon and the Colby event. But I'm going to have a shit ton of this one. We got mid-price salaries. Two big guys who should finish. I will bet you more than half of my more than half of my lineups are gonna have one of the three fighters from the main, the call main in this fight. Like I'm gonna have a lot of this fight too, 60, 70%, maybe more. Um, I'll be heavier on the Gaziev side because I do like the power in the wrestling, but a Budaiwin is not gonna beat me. So I love this fight. I on the Gaziev side. Let's go. Final so fight of the card for, or of the podcast. First fight of the night. It is Randy Rude Boy Brown, 9,200, taking on Muslim Salikov at 7,000. Brown minus 270. Salikov is plus 210. I get to go first for this one, don't I? Uh, mm-hmm. I think that Randy Brown is probably the sneakiest 9K play on the card. I think everyone is going to get sucked into guys like Rachmanov and Patty Pimblett. And Cody Garbrandt, even because of the name value, do not sleep, in my opinion, on Randy Brown. I think he's got a good stylistic matchup here against Muslim Salikov, who's a good striker, 
Brown is long. He's got power. He'll, he'll be the better wrestler. And I like Brown because I just I see many paths to victory for him. I feel pretty good he wins the fight. And I don't think anybody's going to play him, which is my favorite thing about DraftKings tournaments. So that's what I'm going to go with this. I think it's a good stylistic matchup. I think he wins the fight. Not an all-in play. Let me be very clear. I just want to be over the field. Use your field weights. Get in the DFS army. Look up the ownerships. Play that way. But I will be over on Brown, under on Salikoff. And honestly, if when I'm building lineups, uh, I land on Randy Brown for my, my last spot in cash games, I play him over Dustin Jacoby and Cody Garbrandt. Oh, yeah. So, in cash mm -hmm. games. So I think he's viable pretty much everywhere. Monk, what do you got? Take us home. Yeah, I agree. I like him more than those guys. Um, every I hear people saying Salikov is, you know, uh, unfinishable, which is obviously not true. He's been finished once in the USC, but or twice actually, once by KO, once by sub. Um, I think Brown can get it done, and I think he could uh, get it done either way. I think earlier finish is probably a KO, but I also think he has submission potential in like round three, say if Salikov is super gassed. So, um not too exciting just because he's so expensive and his average points per win is 81 which i'm definitely not excited for for cash i really don't mind him um but he got 73 against Terman, 71 against trinaldo 69 against williams and 76 against gooden all of those are under his uh career average so i don't know if i'll be over but i like him for the win uh, i don't mind him for cash and uh, i'll have a little bit of him in gpp i'm not going to full fade him but uh yeah i'm just unimpressed with his DraftKings numbers is the only thing hoping he gets that finish but i think if he does finish it's going to be later in the fight kill shots boys and girls kill shot time if you're not if you're new to the show welcome if you're not hit the like button a lot of you watches don't hit the fucking like button drop me a comment too i'd appreciate that but at least hit the like button for me under own play camp. So not somebody from the main event or the co-main event. A kill shot is on DraftKings. Somebody that under own play that people are overlooking who can break the slate. Since you just told me Gaziev is getting a lot of love. I don't think I can go there as much as I want to. And I don't know. I don't know. if I don't want to make Durden a kill shot. <laughs> Covington and Royval don't count. So I'm going to go with a guy I didn't technically pick. But I told you it was more likely in this fight to break the slate. Alonzo Menafield will be my kill shot. Monk, what do you got? Yeah, I love that one. Uh, I gave you two before the pod. That was one. I'll give you the other one now. It is going to be Brian Boom Kelleher over Cody Garbrandt because I love getting Garbrandt or watching Garbrandt getting knocked out. It's always fun for me personally. And, uh, you know, his chin is uh, is god awful. So, yeah, give me uh, Brian Kelleher for the kill shot. 7,200. That's what we got for today's podcast. If you didn't already, the last time I just asked, now hit the like button. I want to see you guys in DFS Army. The links are down below. All of that good shit. Drop a comment here. I'll respond. We'll talk fights, any of that good stuff. Cannot wait for UFC 296. It is the last fight card of the year, so make sure get your action in. Monk, I'm not going to see you until the new year, so happy holidays. Likewise. Happy New Year, all that good stuff. I hope you enjoy the fights, and I look forward to seeing you in the new year. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, got some great fight cards to look forward to, but this is a great way to cap off 2023, guys. All right, that's what we got, guys. Happy New Year. Enjoy the fights. See you next time.